0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontanel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We are at the Triumph of Ag Show, which is taking place at the CHI Health Center in downtown Omaha. As we look at what's happening in the market, wise a lot of red, unfortunately, popping back into the screen today? We're going to talk a little bit of Twitter talk. What are we hearing out there, and what does this mean for the markets, and what about the basis? And Of course, we've got a show exhibitor uh, cattle producer question we'll hit in part two, but as we dive into everything that's been happening in the trade, we welcome to the phone lines as we get to talk with Darren Fessler. Darren is with Lakefront Futures, and let's start out. A lot of Twitter talk out there today, Darren.
1: Yeah, and, and there has been recently about, you know, the, the improving or the, the, ba- or the basis remaining strong across the country and the spreads really starting to narrow. And, and, and really, what does that mean as we go forward here? Uh, coming off of last year, obviously, the, there's been a lot of frustration Uh, With producers with the USDA uh, More or less saying that uh, You know the yields just aren't there USDA saying they are Uh, You can see it in the basis levels across certain areas of the country where there are 30 40 50 over the board Uh, And you know you kind of raise the question whether Do we have the physical supplies for the end user for the rest of the year? Because it's still we don't have any seed in the ground obviously right now It's a long time before we get that harvest out, so does the market run out of physical grain in the meantime? I I think that is a huge, huge question. Um, Whether it does, whether it doesn't, I think that the USDA does have some reconciling to do. Uh, We still don't know exactly the production numbers coming out of North Dakota, uh, and still have a lot of customers up there still harvesting right now. So, you know, I, I look at the market and really what it's trying to tell us as a whole here, and, and right now, I still think that producers need to go off of what the USDA is currently have said until they change their tone and reward these rallies when they do happen.
0: You know, that was a lot of talk coming off of Commodity Classic last week as I talked to not only North Dakota producers but other farm broadcasters about the frustration with the amount of crop that is still in the ground and wondering if they were going to start to see some changes in USDA numbers, knowing that some of the stuff is literally being dumped alongside the field because the quality isn't there it ends up being number three for corn
1: yeah the quality is going to be a big issue and it has been a big issue um you know hopefully guys are going out there coring some bins that hopefully alleviate some of the the quality issues if you are storing it but you know and the, the thing is if you look at the seasonals of corn uh typically we run into seasonal bearishness on the may contract between now and to the end of April. We have a huge report coming up at the end of the month with acreage. and if this market lines up anything like it did last year, we've seen significant pullbacks following that, that late March planning intentions number. The same thing could happen here. Now granted, we're up 15, 20 cents off these recent lows with strong basis. There's really no carry in this market at this time. And I'm really telling producers, take advantage of this rally. If you want to hold that physical, look for strategies that give you a little bit of downside here because when that March planning intention support hit until the time we really ran into planning issues, this market was off 40 cents from those March highs.
0: So, how long are we going to see the basis stick around and, and see some strength out there in the countryside?
1: Yeah, I think the basis stays around strong for for a while here. Um, it's, I don't think basis starts to weaken at all, and probably may even start to strengthen if there's a real if there's a real shortfall in physical corn. And I think that this basis stays up here to at least the first part of uh, probably the summer months, probably until that June quarterly stocks number. Until we know really more what's what's shaping up here I, I really think that if you look at this quarterly stocks number at the end of March is it really going to move the needle no I think the market's going to be much more focused on what really is corn acres doing and and, and to that extent where are the bean acres because I really think even though beans are taking on the chin here um, I still think that this thing can uh, really snap back in a big way in these bean complexes.
0: You know, we haven't really talked a lot about beans. There's been such a focus on this corn and, and what we may or may not see acre-wise. Beans have been just kind of sitting quietly out on the backside.
1: They really have. Um, you know, the, the thing is, we're looking at a, a really decent-sized South American crop, but You know, we look at some dryness, maybe starting to creep up in Argentina, may may eventually lower some of those Argentina production numbers down a little bit, but all in all, Brazil is looking really good. I think that has really pressured the bean market as a whole. Granted, the Brazilian real and dollar has helped, you know, helped the bears along with it. The the, the only good thing that I'm seeing right now as far as a currency thing is... The, the, the Fed's lowering rates, obviously the mar- outside pressure of the stock market is all pushing these rates a little bit lower, uh, quite a lot lower, and th- that's really had an impact on the dollar. So all in all, you look at it from the producer standpoint, beans are really not encouraging anybody to go out there and really plant them. And so that in itself, if you don't get the acres, you run in the weather, you have China later on in the year come back to the story, it, man, it, I still think these beans could make a pretty decent run but at the cost of corn.
0: What type of incentive is it going to take for soybeans in this market to get some advantage over the corn?
1: Oh, you know, it, it it's one of these things. Is We don't have the planters in the ground just yet. Could, could beans make a last-ditch effort to try to buy some last-minute acres? And to me, you're going to have to have something back to probably some of those early, Early year highs, maybe last year type highs, or else I just don't think it's going to be enough to move the needle for producers at this point.
0: Interesting things to look at. When we come back, of course, we're going to take a look at the the big report that's looming at the end of the month. A lot of discussion taking place around that. Of course, an update as well as what we're seeing on the livestock side. And we won't forget what's happening in the ethanol industry and a lot more as we wrap up the grains. We are at the... Triumph of Ag. I just didn't think where I was today, Darren. With Triumph of Ag show taking place in Omaha. We've got more coming up on this Thursday. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. We are on location at the Triumph of Ag Farm Show taking place in Omaha, Nebraska. And Darren Fessler joins us on the phone line with Lakefront Futures. And and Darren, let's talk about this report end of the month. A lot of excitement, a lot of anticipation for what those numbers might say.
1: Yeah, to me, given the uncertainty about last year's production I think it really, what does the corn acres do this year? The, the the absolute worst thing that has taken place over the last month and a half was beans significantly dropping. Now, again, maybe beans make a last ditch effort here this month. They certainly have not convinced anybody to really be aggressive with bean acres this year. I still think that it comes down to a profitability standpoint, a comfortability standpoint with a lot of producers, and it just comes. You know, what if we get the 94 or what if we get the 95 million acres? Now, I know that there might be some that, well, there's no way the North Dakota and Minnesota areas uh, are really going to push corn acres. I completely, I completely agree with that assessment, but what about Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois? Uh, you, you know the, the southern minnesota the areas that may not have the concerns of the north dakota and you look at the next couple of weeks where weather and the forecast looks very very favorable for more field work to get done here and given what would the problems that we had last year, I don't think guys are really going to wait around to try to, to get ideal conditions. I think once the ground is sufficient enough to get the planters rolling on corn, it's going to roll, and it's going to roll hard. And I think that that in itself, you, you with the bean prices the way they are, it's not, it's not enough to stop the planters from planting the corn. I'm not super, super uber bearish like all these acres. I don't think we're getting 96. I don't think we're getting 97 million. But 94, 95, let's call it 93 to 95 is not out of the question at all. So I think that that, you know, puts a lot of risk on front month or new crop corn if, let's say, you get it in the ground all right. We have weather and, you know, nothing seems to be a problem when it comes to the June seasonals when they start turning bearish. It could be really a tough situation for corn growers. But, again, it could be a very good thing come to beans if demand should return in a big way for those beans.
0: Looking at the ethanol margins, are we going to continue to see some pressure for them?
1: Yes, I I think ethanol margins are going to continue to be pressured, but I think that's also being pressured due to outside markets like crude oil. Uh, Currently looking at it down 2% today, but we look at a stock market that's off over 3% today on more coronavirus scares. I think these outside markets are going to continue to wreak havoc on not just agricultural things, but just people's mindset and fears about what the potential of it could be. Whether it is bad, whether it, you know, whether it is as bad as everyone's saying out there, I think people just need to step back, take a look at, look at the bigger picture. Here is we're still going to eat; the world's still going to need these products. But can we get it? can we get the demand side changed around here? If we can do that some way somehow, we're going to be okay. But that's not necessarily the concern for producers as it is okay the burdensome supplies. If we have X Y and Z
0: happen. Uh, later on this year let's switch over to the livestock side Uh, we did have a, a question that came from not only is he an exhibitor here at the farm show but he's also a cattle producer and you know we've known that there's been the struggles in this cattle market so how do you change that perception is there ways to get more money to come back to the producer so these cattle guys when they're looking at the futures when they're looking at their bottom line can guarantee some positive return
1: yeah, I, I really think that from the from cattle producer side, it, it really comes down to really knowing where your break-evens are on this cattle and rewarding those rallies when they happen and assuring some type of profitable margin when when really the market's telling you that really we need to hedge it or it might be getting a little toppy it's very difficult i think that you know hindsight's always twenty twenty. and you know you have markets like this and you have you look at how much cattle has pulled back here and you say well it's always easy to you know be monday's day quarterback type of thing it, well you should have done this you should have done that but it's really going back to the beginning stages of where are you when you bought that cattle or raising that cattle where were those break evens at and but when you're talking from a packer standpoint it, it's it's difficult because they have so much you know, leverage over the market, and really, the only way you really change the way the packer changes their business is you really, I think you, just my two cents, you step in here and you try to break them up some way from from a government standpoint. But right now, the packer has the control. But really, the the market's, the market is going off of what's going on in the outside markets right now because there is still good demand for uh, meat products out there.
0: Lots of things to look at as we continue to concentrate on this trade. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Darren? They can reach me directly
1: at four zero two three six six zero four two three 366 423 on Twitter at DDF Alpha and lakefrontfutures.com.
0: All right. Thanks so much. Darren Fessler has been joining us today for the Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss that are not suitable for all investors. You can pick up today's and all previous episodes of the Fontenelle Final Bell through our website at ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe to your free podcast. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.